Good morning. Not yet. <laughs> good morning. Well, welcome here. Yeah, let's take two. All right. Good morning. Welcome to those who are joining us live here yeah? this morning. Welcome to those uh, people down there at the coast and uh, welcome to the different people there and, uh, in Switzerland and some of the churches in Lesotho as well when you do see this as well, this message. Uh, welcome to those Breakthrough City Church and those also visiting us here this morning. Um, uh, uh, we had just uh, some amazing time of worshiping and the presence of God, even just in the place right now. So uh, uh, if you cannot be with us um, in the physical, will you with us in the spirit? And um, God would want to minister to you. Um, there is really, I just feel this week coming a fresh fragrance as well as a fresh deposit of what heaven is wanting to provide for us as a family, as a family and household of God. Um, there's some surprises, godly surprises that God has for us in this week that's coming. So uh, just get ready. There's breakthroughs that have been happening. There's a lot of intensity from last week. And there's an increase of divine activity busy taking place right now. And even those who are listening here and those who are present here, just become aware of, of the angelic host that are on assignment coming to minister here, even in this place. So... Uh, for those listening as well, if you need a healing or miracle, um, just put your hand on your body where you need healing or some uh, miracle. Um, there, there, there's, there's ministry and ministry and angels even yet. They're coming to heal. And I really just believe God wants to touch your body right now in Jesus' name. Complete healing and restoration in Jesus' name. We just release the word even over the airwaves now in Jesus' name. I'm going to just jump into the message and I'm going to continue from last week. So I will repeat a few things as well because I didn't get to finish in that. And I, I want to finish this message. It's so important. Um, and I, I started to speak about House of Miracles. And um, last week I touched on, I spoke about Matthew 13, 33. It speaks about the kingdom. The kingdom of uh, God is like leaven. Leaven is yeast. Yeast is what you put into dough and it causes the dough to rise. Else your bread, when you cook it, also won't rise. So the effect thereof is that um, Jesus says things. He says, beware of the, the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of basically Herod. So there's a political spirit working and there is a, a religious spirit working. And those are negative things. Then he speaks about, but the kingdom of God is like leaven. It is something that causes expansion. The kingdom of God is expanding. Despite what you're going through financially, through economically, through politically, the kingdom of God is expanding. We're hearing of people getting saved daily. We're hearing of people getting healed daily. We're hearing of breakthroughs in families, in marriages, in finances. God is on the move. And um, um, although the shaking's taken place, God says, I'll shake heaven and earth. Guess what? God comes first to the church of God and he shakes things because there's things that he's dealing with in our lives. So um, this, this morning, and I just want to continue about this, how God is actually raising up um, families. He's raising up uh, individual families, but also in the house of God, local churches are supposed to be family, and they're supposed to be family life. And I started to touch on this about last week, about how when the Bible says, first seek the kingdom of God, then what he's saying is, it's not about, well, you know, I need to pay, put so much emphasis on my family and then my emphasis on my business or my emphasis on so much on the school or my education or this. Put, seek first the kingdom of God, not second. So put the kingdom of God, what God says, is not a priority list. 
It is putting the kingdom first in everything that we're doing. Then we'll know how to spend time with our family, spend time with the family of God. Hello? Spend time with one another. Um, it is so important. Um, and I, I touched on this. And then I, I referred to about in the book of Revelations where it's Revelations. book of Revelations is the, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And John writes about what Jesus reveals in the book of Revelations. Um, is a revelation of Jesus. And in that revelation, it says, as Jesus says, I have this against you. He's referring to the teaching or the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans were, there was a doctrine they brought in. It was a, a doctrine where they said, well, you know, there's just some of us are, are, we are the ministers of God and the rest of you are lay people, meaning you can't be too involved with what we do. And there was this doctrine that separated the church. Even to this day, it's like you have the few leaders or elders or pastors or whatever. And the rest of the church, we just, you know, we don't know as much as you. And therefore, we don't feel as important as you. And we don't have the platform. And we don't. And that's a lie. Because I said to you, from the day that you were born again, you a minister of God. So whether it was 10 years old, 5 years old, 20 years old, 50 years old, you're a minister of the Lord. That's it. So um, it's not the separation. You know, these people are more important that stand in the front. No, no, no. We're all important. But we're all ministers of God. Okay, we're all called to be ministers of God. And, um, and, I, and, and basically what I just spoke to you about is how um, we are, we've been called as kings, priests, and prophets. So we minister unto the Lord. We are prophets. We can... Kings, priests, prophets, we're speaking about, we can hear from heaven, we can say what, what heaven is saying in our workplace, our family, as a head of the household, we can share what heaven is saying as, as a wife, we can share with our friends that whatever it might be, as, as children at school, we can hear what heaven is saying and share with our friends as kings, meaning that, so many, uh, we're not into the thing of, well, you know, some people are kings, meaning that you're business people, you're kings, and some are priests, I say that's not accurate teaching, that's not New Testament, because New Testament says we're kings, priests, prophets. So if you're a businessman in that, yes, you're also king in that, but you're also a priest. You're also a prophet. So please, there's a teaching that came in about 15 years ago, 18 years ago, about business people are just kings. I say nonsense. I say God wants to, to resource through everyone. Some people might have gifting in certain areas, but we're all kings, priests, and prophets because a king rules and reigns. That's what a king does. He rules and reigns. It's not just a money thing. All right, so I just need to make that point. I shared my heart and I feel better now. Um, so, um, so just coming back, um, we're all called to ministry. I spoke about this. And um, I spoke about how um, in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, you can speak about that, is that, that to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. So it's not about when you sing a few songs, church together, you're busy with worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It is, it is something, it's your spiritual service of worship. So whether you're at school, whether you're at work, whatever, you, the way you're doing your work, you're worshiping God. Because just understand, if you, your heart, attention and affection is not on God when you're working, you will be building idols. Because whatever you give your heart's attention to, if it's anxiety, that's what you worship. That's what worship is about. It's not singing songs. We can sing songs to facilitate worship, but worship is a lifestyle. 
we went into that. We then started to touch on about how um, we, uh, um, we, we started to speak about, we went to the book of Acts, and Acts chapter 2, we're going to go back to the book of Acts. Um, I, I read in verse 41 to 42 in the book of Acts chapter 2, and um, it speaks there about this, and so important, please, this is so important. And I said this, is that uh, it speaks about how they con- continued in the apostles' doctrine, they continued in prayer. They continued in breaking of bread, meaning remembering what Jesus did. So they had communion. They would always remember, hey, we celebrate in life, victory, healing, whatever Jesus did through dying for us. But it says, and they continued in fellowship. Now, sometimes the other side of the coin is that many people go and want to be part of a local church just because of the fellowship. Because they're lonely. Lonely is an emotional condition. So you can even be peop- with people and you can be lonely. Okay, so remember, so the other side of fellowship as well is we continued in the doctrine of the apostles. We continued concerning the assignment of what the New Testament church says we must be doing. We're not just together yet to have a clapping hands and happy clapping today. We're yet to enforce and to see the kingdom advance. That's what the apostolic doctrine were, foundational things. It was that our life is transformed, our internal world is transformed. And when our internal world is transformed, we transform things around us. If we are not renewed in our mind and we're not renewed in the way we live internally, the internal world is so important because the kingdom of God is also within us. And it needs out. Okay, it's not some religious thing we do on a Wednesday at a sound group or on Sunday. It is this internal world of the kingdom that wants out. So we owe the world an encounter with Jesus. So what is important, I said this thing about in this specific verse, it is so important that the local church, doesn't matter the size, must become a family. That means God builds his church. That's why I say, I don't want every, any, everyone just being part of this church. I must be crazy. Because if I'm a co-laborer with Jesus, then Jesus is the one who builds a church. I labor with him, co-labor with him. That means there must be people on an assignment in another place. Because not everyone is called, uh, let's just say this. Everyone who comes to this local church are part of the call of the house of this church. And in the call to fulfill the mandate and the mission of this house, that's to rule, that's to, to an apostolic base, that's a resource center where people are equipped and trained, that is a mission thrust, meaning we go into whether it's government, uh, business, uh, education, media, um, we do uh, missions, meaning that we're on a mission, we have an assignment, so whether it's rural, whether it's urban, whether it's in the bushes, whether it's in the cities, doesn't matter, but we have an assignment. It is not just a river flowing into a lake that doesn't flow out. That's a dead sea. So whatever we receive is what we're giving out. And the biggest thing is that for a lot of Christians, their dead sea becomes the local church. We're not giving out. All we do is bringing people in, but we don't have a life. We don't have a life, abundant life. We survive from the motivational message many times that Sunday, and we don't have a life of overcoming and breakthrough. And God's calling us to bring breakthrough wherever we go. All right, part of the word I was sharing about even a while ago about how the promised land is there. We need courage to take the promised land. Joshua and Caleb had this. Israel could not inherit the promises, the promised land that God said, I'm giving you because they never had courage. And we're facing, everyone is facing giants at the moment. 
whatever it might be. But God says, I want to give you courage because I've got promises for you. And when you're busy with my promises, you bring in my kingdom into it. Okay, whatever we're doing is for him anyway, guys. If what you're doing is for you, you're building your own kingdom, but we're building his kingdom. Okay, so we see um, uh, uh, um, that how God wants to... um, in, in the book of Acts, we see that how fellowship becomes so important as well. That it is just as powerful to have fellowship as it is to have prayer as well as teachings on the doctrines of what God is saying. So it's so important because we need one another. What you have is what I need. What I have is what you need. And when we share lives, not just a Sunday meeting, when we get to one another's houses, we break bread, we have a meal together. We are actually sharing life because I'm becoming accountable and we becoming accountable to one another. And guys, let me tell you something. We have a multicultural church. I've never gone, I'm not in the political game. We want to influence the political system with the kingdom, yes. And in the kingdom, it has one nation. It's the kingdom. Doesn't matter what culture you're of, because we bring in a kingdom culture in. So people that many times, why we're multicultural, is because we have a kingdom message. And people gravitate towards a kingdom message. You understand? Because... All tongues, tribes will bow before Jesus Christ one day. But we're building and come building a, having a kingdom message in what we're doing. So um, in Acts chapter 2 verse 43 to 47, it speaks about this. It speaks of two things. It speaks about the temple of God. They gathered in the temple and they also gathered from house to house. Okay, and I said this thing to you is don't confuse the thing is this is not a, we we don't speak of, well, you know, because I've met people that actually have overseas the house church movement, meaning that they say that the local house is a church. We say, no, no, no. We say there's a local house, the temple, and so the church met in houses. It's not a house church, but it is a church in houses. You see, because the local church, the corporate gathering or what we're doing, we are taking into when we go into the houses and connecting with one another, we've been equipping, we're training in the local temple, but also in the house. Okay, you still with me? And um, your house actually becomes the house of miracles. So we see the miraculous happening in the local church. We're actually being equipped and trained and we've seen this happening in the local houses where we're meeting. And uh, we started to go and we touched on Acts, Acts, Acts 17 and um, where it, it speaks about where the unbelievers said, you know, and those who turn the world upside down have come here. And I said to you, you know what, in your neighborhood, we're supposed to be the neighborhood watch, meaning that because we are in that place, something is happening. Heaven is invading that place. We have an authority and an influence in that place. In your business, in, in, in the whatever workplace, you are the light. You are bringing about that change and that transformation there. We spoke about Nehemiah. Remember, Nehemiah was restoring, building the walls around Jerusalem. And how God raised him up. And it was, the, the walls were built uh, uh, just in record time. But it's said that even he sent some families, listen to me, families to to the one part of the wall that had to be rebuilt was where the mighty men's house was, where there were 33 mighty men basically staying in this house, mighty men of David. These guys were equal to 1,000 warriors, one mighty man. 
And they, it says families were built, went to rebuild the wall. That's why it is so important that you as your family become effective builders in the kingdom. It is not the pastor and the leaders or the elders or whatever. It is you as a family are an instrument in the hand of God to affect the kingdom and bring it in your area where you stay, where you work. Do you understand how the religious system has said, no, 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 there's a few people on Sunday that do the show up there. You pay them, and depends how good they do the show, you pay them more maybe. But it's supposed to be you and I making a difference out there in our business, the people we work with. Suddenly, we are building the walls. It's families that build the walls. Without families, we don't have a healthy society. If we have a kingdom family, suddenly we're building a kingdom society. This is how it practically works, guys, because some of us don't realize it's a practical way that heaven invades earth through the local church. We are transformed. We are, as families, we start transforming the societies. That's why I say, now suddenly people that stay next door to you, people stay in your area, people who do business with you, suddenly are impacted by your life. Now God starts, and it says in this year, it says, and God added daily to those that have been saved. Do you understand the difference? Now it's not an agenda of come to my church because uh, we've got a good show here. We've got all the facilities. We've got all this. No, 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 no. Suddenly the people are impacted by the kingdom because they've seen healing of marriages. They've seen their physical child being healed. They've seen people physically being healed, emotionally being healed. Suddenly people will be added because it is not some religious system. It is something that is alive. So we see these people, <coughs> excuse me, from house to house, from Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, that the kingdom was invading the city. Yeah, but I'm too busy. Well, maybe that's the problem. Your life speaks many times more than your words. God is wanting to raise houses, communities. So from the local church to the local house, like the book of Acts, it says they went from the temple, they were equipped, they were trained, they went to the house, breaking bread, fellowship, continue the doctrine of the apostles. The kingdom advanced. Miracles, signs and wonders were happening there. All right? And, and a lot of this, I know I've touched on a few other things. So I want to just jump in further on this point. You can have a look in Acts chapter 9. It speaks about Simon the Tanner's house. Who's heard of Simon? Simon the Tanner's house. And uh, we know what happened here where Peter had a vision or a trance. And um, this was at, at Simon the Tanner's house. And, uh, but you will also read what happened at Simon the Tanner's house is that there was a lot of, of basically things that were happening, divine activity that was happening around that house. And um, it speaks about how the apostles would go and stay there at his house. But as a result of what happened at the physical house, in the region and the area, there was just divine activity. Things were happening. Healings were happening. Miracles were happening. Because people were also equipped and trained there. 
Simon the Tanner's house. The second example is you'll find in Acts chapter 11. Uh, in John Mark's house. You've read of John Mark's house in Acts chapter 11. You can go read the chapter there. So remember, Mark, or, uh, uh, John Mark actually, Mark wrote the book of Mark. Okay, so as a teenager, what happened was that Barnabas took um, John Mark and he discipled him. You heard of Barnabas? You traveled also with Paul and that. So Barnabas took John Mark and, John, uh, and Barnabas and John Mark were actually cousins. And so at a young age, Barnabas actually took John Mark, took Mark, and he discipled him in Okay, this is how you pray for the sick. This is how you raise the dead. This is how you cast out devils. And he, he discipled him. And um, what happened was you also saw that where Barnabas actually took John Mark on mission trips with him. So this was, this now we started to see happening also at John Mark's house. So all the miracles uh, basically he experienced when he was growing up. He saw these miracles happening the whole time in front of him. Um, and when the people gathered, John Mark was growing older and he saw, wow, this is how it works. This is what you do. Do you understand what the local, your local house, what must happen in your families? This was happening and at the physical house of John Mark. We also see what happens with um, Paul. Paul was teaching at this house. And remember what happens? The boy falls out the window and falls down and dies. Okay, it must have been a long message, but anyway. So, and then what happens? Paul raises the guy, fell out the window and dies, raises him from the dead. Okay, so the people's attention probably that was changed or caught suddenly even more. Raises him from the dead, but guess what? John Mark experienced this. We cannot just have a theology without experiencing it. Knowledge puffs up, the Bible says. The word of God is alive. It is not letter. It is alive. This is, this is what happened and it's what's happening. I've said to you before, even in our house, I mean, we have a normal house. We all have this cleaning, washing this, that, whatever that breaks us. The cat gets mauled twice at the vet this week. Mind, cat. Got a hole in his leg like this. You know, we have normal life. We have our own challenges. There's bills to be paid. There's whatever. So there's normal life. But you know what? There's also divine activity happening at our house. There's angels that are also running around there and on assignment. The same as your, or your house. It just depends what you're most aware of. In Acts chapter 12, we read this where Herod goes and he actually kills James. Right? So in Acts chapter 12, here is Herod. He goes and he kills. We, just, before, we, just before that, Herod kills James. And then what happens is Peter is also arrested in this stay, at this stage. So Peter gets arrested. He gets thrown into jail. And uh, at the same time, John Mark's house was where the people were gathering and they were praying for Peter while he was in prison. Does it ring a bell? You know the story? And, and they're praying for the release of Peter. Now remember, James Herod had killed James now. Peter's arrested. He's locked up in chains. He's in jail. And they, they're basically they're praying for him. He's, and um, the angel of the Lord suddenly walks in. 
And the angel of the Lord basically uh, shakes the prison. It's, the whole thing shook. And the gates open. The shackles started to come off. And it, it's interesting because Peter thinks he's in a, he's in a trance. He's actually thinking he's having a vision, a trance. Oh, he's seen it opening up. Yes, Lord, I see this opening up. So it actually shows you how many visions and trances actually Peter had, by the way. But this was real and happening. Okay. So Peter walks out the prison and he realizes, ah, this is happening. And he goes to where? He goes to John Mark's house where the people are praying for him. And we know what happens. The servant girl goes, because she is that she is his knocking. The servant girl goes and like opens. Who is this? And she sees it's Peter. She doesn't open. She runs back inside, and she tells the people that are busy praying, and says, um, and says, this is oh, uh, Peter's angel is at the door. Do you know that many times the angel, when you just by the way, when you're born as well, there's an angels in an assignment with all of us. Eh? That's what the Bible says. But if she says, this is Peter's angel, so many times your angel can look like you. That's why my, my wife says, oh, my angel, my angel. No, it's probably, anyway, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> but, uh, but your angel many times can look like you. Okay. So what happens is, um, he has this, this, the servant uh, running in and says, you know, Peter's angel is at, at basic at the door. Now, what do you, you know, how many encounters do you think they were actually having at John Mark's house that the servant girl actually thinks is probably one of the angels? That it was actually common like, oh, it's, it's probably his angels are hanging around the house again. So the, the, it, there's this impression where the thing of, well, we're actually so used to the angel activity here that it's probably his angel. You with me? This was at John Mark's house. So uh, um, how would you like to actually have uh, a house like in the house of uh, the book of Acts? A house where all these things were busy going down, happening in place, uh, where these signs and wonders were taking place, healings were play, taking place, miracles were taking place, and um, where you actually, okay, well, angel, you're coming inside, you know what I mean? Guys, that was the type of New Testament church believers that were even now coming from the temple meeting, but also meeting in their houses. It was a book of Acts type of house. And these type of literal houses, families, each one being represented, people represent with your house, is where miracles, signs and wonders, angelic activity was taking place. And people's lives were impacted. It sounds a little bit different then to the churches of now. Every household needs to be a house moving in miracles, signs and wonders. How many times we pray, Lord, just please send our animals back because they, you know, well, rocket, he disappears. And then I'm serious, like, Lord, just, you know, there he's gone again. Or, Lord, you know, this we forgot or that, whatever. And, the, and we, we just believe we see God's 
angelic activity busy taking place. Lord, I don't know where I lost this thing. At somewhere, the ring is gone. Lord, at work, I don't know what's happening with this with this stuff. These accounts don't work. Something is being stolen. Lord, reveal this to us, guys. This is was normal. This is what that was the book of Acts type of household. So, how is it then that Joseph knew how to interpret dreams? I'm glad you asked me. How is it? Do you think that Joseph in the Old Testament? Knew how to interpret dreams. Well, his dad taught him. You see, this started with Abram, which was his great-grandfather, who encountered God, and he heard God audibly speak. This, this wasn't some religious thing to say, uh, go read, yeah. It was an experience that the people were actually having in, in encountering God. As families, they encountered God. They were able to not say, oh, your great-grandfather, he told me the story. He, they actually told him, you know, when God does this in a dream, this is going to happen. If you see this, you know, you'll know this, you'll know this is from the Lord. If the dream is like that, if this is a spiritual attack when you have a dream, the devil also can attack you as with bad dreams, you know. But he, they were taught. Isaac, the son of Abram, you know, God says, go plant crops while it's drought. How did, why did he do it? Because his father taught him how to believe and to trust God. There was no rain. You see, Isaac grew up in a house of miracles. Guys, I mean, we, we, we've lived like this. I mean, when it comes to finances, I can tell you testimony or testimony how God is, always provides. Because God's the source at the end of the day. Just understand that. We would fly into countries to go minister. And we don't have air tickets. We don't have money. You've heard some of these testimonies. My brother couldn't believe we went to go see leaders in America many years ago, about 2000 and, I don't know, 2001, after 9-11, 2002. And we had, and then it was 10 rand to a dollar. Now it's worse. But, and we had, I had 2,000 rand. <laughs> and I was going for about, I don't know, a month and a half or two months. My wife and I. When we first went, we had... Uh, we spent Christmas with a friend of ours. It was just uh, two or whatever weeks in that. And then we had to see other leaders. We had to fly different parts of America. We had no tickets. We had nothing. We had no accommodation with stuff. We had certain contacts with leaders we would see. 2,000 rand. We, hadn't, we never had air tickets to fly to those places. And how God opened stuff. I mean, I wouldn't even see my brother in South Africa because he stays a different part of the country. And I get an email from my father. Oh, your brother and his girlfriend will be in Hollywood. They will be there. You, you can meet them there. I don't even see him in South Africa. It's not many years ago. Then I have to get a taxi. The taxi costs $100. Just for me to go home after I've been with my brother. $100 then. What do you think $100? I mean, that was 1,000 rand. Now it's 1,000, what, 700, 1,000, 800 rand for a taxi. And my brother just says, uh, and we don't say anything. He says, oh, yeah, yes, just 
you know, my brother wouldn't do this. He doesn't know the Lord yet, but he would, you know, it was $100, you know, the taxi, whatever. We, this is <laughs> so many testimonies like this, guys. You see, suddenly you start to see there's a God of miracles. And when your children start to hear this and see this, they start to walk in the supernatural. There's my daughter. I remember money was missing in a room, pocket money in that. She was probably, I don't know, about eight, seven, eight. I can't remember around there. And uh, uh, pocket money was in the room. You know how sometimes their rooms look? Um, <laughs> it can be more difficult than going somewhere else to look for it in the streets. But, uh, and she said, but daddy, ask the Lord. And I said, no, I said, but let's ask, let's ask Jesus. And... So let's ask Jesus and we say, you know, Holy Spirit, where is the money? And the Holy Spirit says to me, look there. I can't remember. It was somewhere in the room. And go look there, get the money. You know, that's a testimony which says, Daddy, but ask Jesus. Next time something was missing, Daddy, let's ask Jesus. You know, she grows up in the house of miracles. That's how we change society. Jacob. Remember, Isaac was the son of Jacob. Jacob had dreams and visions. He saw angels. Jacob had who? Joseph. How did Joseph learn to uh, uh, interpret dreams? His father taught him. And then Joseph goes and he transforms the whole of Egypt. Why? Because of his great-great-grandfather had an encounter with God. You see... The God of the supernatural started to incorporate this into family life. That this is supposed to be normal family life. These people grew up in houses of heroes. I want to tell you something. There's many mighty men and women in this house and those that we are connected to us and and, and God wants to raise you up. Those in Switzerland, that family move in there to the new village. God wants to affect that village that you move into. The, the, the places that, that you, you've moved to. Some of you people have got new residents, new dresses, stuff. God wants you to impact the family. Because they see the love of God. They see the power of God. They see miracles. They see something about you. You should have thrown in the towel long ago. You should have stopped. God is giving us entrance in. I mean, we, I've shared this. I won't do this on air now. But I mean, even with very, very uh, influ- influ- influential people now in government and justice in South Africa, where we will also meet with, uh, we're trusting to share something prophetically for these people. Because God, we can't just say, come to the church. The church is also the important place, but it is now as families and business people, businessmen, whatever field you in, that we are transforming society. Not by giving a nice prayer, let's Jesus come and help us. No, we start demonstrating the kingdom because the kingdom is expanding. We have a word of knowledge for business and say, you know, this account, where did this money go to? Guys, I'm telling you, this this is the dreams and vision God wants to give us. If you don't hear this, this is the invitation. Why do you think, many of us Christians, we're trying to escape the difficult work situations that we might be in. But you don't realize God has put you in it. Because if you're not there, what is it going to look like? 
That's why I said Jesus is not coming on a rescue mission to remove the church from earth. He's coming to establish his kingdom through the church on earth as it is in heaven. And when we realize our responsibility, we start to realize God will give us grace to go through the battles and the fires we're going through. But if we don't agree with what God is saying, we will always try to escape our circumstances. What will happen if we raise up people who know the God of the impossible? I mean, Isaac was not influenced by the law of physics. He was influenced by the law of the kingdom. We cannot go and isolate our children from problems which, which are out there, guys. I mean, yeah, this morning we heard testimonies from Naledi and that, and, and the other day from Will and them. And they have testimonies because there's an influence coming with their friends. We can't isolate our children. Guys, we can't. We can't go lock them up somewhere. Although sometimes I want to. No. <laughs> Kidding. But we, you know what? Our children are going through things so that they can have a testimony. Our children are seeing miracle signs and wonders. They see things happening. They see the legs growing, the arms growing. We've seen this. They have a testimony. Oh, let's try this out. Whether it works or not, doesn't. let's try this out. And suddenly you start to see mighty men and women being raised up. Next generation leaders. Next uh, uh, people who run uh, corporate, who run, become CEOs of companies, who head up education, head up the medical field. Guys, that's supposed to happen in the church. We're the people that come in with new inventions. The inventions that happened in the last hundred years, the majority of new inventions were by born-again Christians. And if you're not available for the downloads, God's going to give it to the person next to you because he cares for this world. We have the answer. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. We need to train up our children. And it's never too late. If you have people working with you, train them up. The challenge is you need to step out. Don't wait for someone else to come. You are the agent of change. The people, let me tell you, one of the, the things of grace in this house, and that's why we, you might not see all the masses of the people necessarily in the house, but the influence is here that we have. The difference is this, is what God has also called us to do in the different spheres of society is to pioneer. So there's a grace in this house to pioneer, whether you're in education, business, whatever. There's things that we pioneer in, meaning that you will go it alone many times. But if you don't understand the value of the local house family, you can't do it alone. So there's a lot of things I'm telling you. We, you know, I've had a chat with David where even last year God started to speak about there's going to be downloads across the world. Just new inventions, new downloads coming. And there's so many new inventions and things happening. And Christians are starting to tune in. Right. And they're getting new inventions. New things are coming. Um, I mean, David and I were speaking about people we know. Like programs. This is, let's just say, in, 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 yeah, programs that affect things in, in, in South Africa. Computer programs, there's stuff people with regarding government where even one of his friends 
is one of the guys that got new ideas to set up new programs. Now government are actually wanting to buy his stuff. Hello. Wow, yes. Because we are supposed to be the dreamers and the people of the vision. Not giving it over to the enemy. Our children need to say, I've been in the ministry since I got saved. I was four years old. I was ten years old. That's how we're supposed to raise this family up. You see, God interacts every day of my life. Wherever I go, I bring kingdom. Wherever you go, you bring kingdom because there's interaction every day. Every day I have an expectation something happens. Whether I go to the shop, whether it's a call, something's happening. And the Bible says this in the book of Acts, and we've seen this in the house. And there was no need among them. Because there were these signs and wonders that were taking place. And there's a multiplication taking place. I'm telling you, the testimonies, guys, in this place, if I see how we finance and resource things. I mean, people are shocked sometimes in the year what we actually do, the stretch that we actually have in certain areas and that. So God wants to really just impact you. God wants to, um, you know, just through your life and that. Through someone can help those people outside there. It's one of the ladies, thanks. Um, you know, God wants to impact your life and, and do something through your life. Um, and get ready for what he even do, wants to do this week. Are you ready? Are you available? Let's see the book of Acts type of house and households. Because we're not yet just to travel through this world. We're yet to impact this world. Amen. Let's just stand. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to just pray for everyone here this morning. I want to pray for everyone um, listening. And Lord, I want to just pray for that we will have families. Whether we one single person, um, give us then the friendships with another person, whatever it might be, Lord. Whether we have a husband or not, whether we have children or... Um, Lord, but I pray that we will be people wherever we stay, but there will be houses like the book of Acts, the houses of miracles, where miracle signs and wonders take place. Lord, let your kingdom come in, through, in us and through us, that we'll be the agents of change and transformation in whatever area that we're working in, Lord. Um, let your kingdom come, Lord. As people's lives are impacted, that we would see how people were added to the church daily, not to fill the building, but to fill the world with your presence and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. Amen. Amen.